Good morning. Are y'all shocked as I'm shocked? There's a little bit. There you go, Julian. What a blessing to be in the house of the Lord, isn't it? Can the church just say amen? I'm really trying to tone this down a little bit because right now I just want to jump. I, I just really, really want to jump, Drew. I really do. So I'm, try, I'm just trying to slow it down a little bit, trying to calm myself down in it. I got my brother Lim Dreer here. He knows me as old Sunday school teacher. Yes, I called you out, Lim. He knows how I can get. He's seen me. I have my mom and my daughter and my son here, my beautiful wife here. I just don't know what to do, y'all. I'm about to jump. I am about to jump. But let me tell you, and to those who I've asked and talked to, and you know who you are that prayed for me about it, thank you for your prayers. You know who you are. Thank you for your prayers. And again, I'm about to jump. I'm about to jump. So hello, South City. Hello, my friends and family who came. And hola. To my sisters and brothers that I can only say hola to. I'm going to learn better, but hola, you understand. My heart is there. What again, what a blessing to be in the house of the Lord. But yes, there's a message. So what am I going to talk about today? I told some of y'all, and the other guys may have heard, but the title of my lesson today is, What's Love Got to Do With It? Everybody's like, what do you mean, Lawrence? What's love got to do with it? Now, to truly answer and to understand this question, what's love got to do with it, I need to clarify one thing, just one thing on so to make sure we're all on the same page. Tina Turner in 1984 did not answer that question correctly. Yes, it was her number one hit, her only number one hit that she's ever had in 1984 of that same title, What's Love Got to Do It? But that was not the answer we're going to answer today. I think her answer had to do with something like, it was a secondhand emotion, if I remember the chorus right. But we're going to talk about, and we're going to answer, what has love got to do with it? So again, I know there's a generation two that may have thought of this song when I said it, and you probably can't get it out of your head now, but just kind of dismiss it for a moment, but we're going to really talk about true love today. So, to really to get to understand and to answer this question, what love got to do with it, I need to take you back. I need to take you back to the beginning, literally the beginning. So if you have your Bibles with me, go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. I'll give you a moment. I know it's hard. You don't have to use that index or constants back. It's the first book of the Bible. Number 1 of 66. So go to, to me. To, we got to go to the beginning. So go to Genesis 1, chapter 1, verse 1. And it reads, in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. Stop right there. There was a beginning. A beginning we all know where God created the heavens and the earth. Now, go all the way to the last verse of that same chapter. Verse 31. And it says, And God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was what? Very 
good if you're using the ESV. So in the beginning, God creates everything, and we come to here in Genesis, the end of Genesis chapter 1, God said everything is good. Right? So we're all there. We got, we're, I'm, I'm setting you up here. Now, go to Genesis chapter 2. It's the second book over. In Genesis 2, we find out that God formed man from the dust of the earth. That's where we come from. And one day we'll go back to that same dirt pile that we were made from. So in chapter 1, we see God created the heavens and earth and good. And here we go in chapter 2, he created man. Now in chapter 3, before I, before I get to chapter 3, but before I would like to say when he created man, next, I want to leave you with that in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, this all represents God's perfect design. Created God, created, everything was good. He created man, and you know, man, he's made man in his image, and he created man from the dust of the ground, which we can see who we are right now. We were made in his image, and at that point, everything was good. This was God's design. This was God's perfect design. But in chapter 3, something happened. What happened in chapter 3? Genesis 3, man sins against God. And guess what? The whole world blows up. That whole perfect design is messed up. Sin enters the world. So when sin enters the world, so we're going to stop here for a moment, but stop here for one moment. And what I want you to understand, in God's perfect design, in God's perfect plan, when he created the earth, when he created man, then sin entered through the world through disobedience. Then we know sin, and some of us know it, so we've been talking about for weeks, is brokenness. When sin became entered this world, we became a broken world. We all became part of this brokenness that we deal with. Everything that we see, death, we see murders, we see, you know, People going into grocery stores, shooting, we see chaos, we see gas prices, we see this, this chaos in the world. It's all due to brokenness by sin. All started back here in Genesis chapter 3. But you know what? I want you to hold that thought because I don't want to leave you here. I want to move on, but we're going to come back to this. Now, if I was to ask you, what is the greatest commandment that God has given us? How many of you think you know the answer? Most of us do. Most of my brothers and sisters know. So the greatest commandment or the great commandment comes from Mark chapter 12. I'm going to use that version of it. Verse 28 through 30. Real quickly. Mark chapter 12. Verse 28 through 30. And what I'm going to use, Jesus answered this question. He goes, and one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all, or which is the greatest of all? And some may say, which one is the first commandment? And Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. 
And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Stop right there. That is the first commandment. The first commandment that is given to us that we should love the Lord thy God with what? All thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy what now? Help me. With all your mind and with all your strength. So what does all that mean? you got to love God with everything that you have. Everything that you have. Every part of your being we are to love God with. And that's the question Jesus asked. So if somebody said, what is the greatest commandment or what is the first command? It's to love God. We are to love God. Now, how many of y'all, did y'all know there was a second? Yeah, let's go on. Verse 31. The second is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. So we were told to first love God, then second, love our neighbor. Now let me help you understand who your neighbor is, because some of us may not understand. So again, not only did Jesus state this is the most important man, then he gave us the second one. So according to Christ, any other man, irrespective of nation or religion with whom we live or whom we have chance to meet, that is your neighbor. Look around. Look, 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 look across over here. That's your neighbor over there. The person that you run into the grocery store that, is, that has that cart right there in front of you that you didn't speak to, that's your neighbor. We are commanded by God to love our neighbors. That interesting. Love God with everything that we have and also love our neighbors. Love the stranger. It's kind of hard. He's like, man, you know, you, you think about that. Yeah, okay, God, I got you. All right, what else you got for me? Well, so again, here Jesus tells us, again, what his great commandment is, that is to love God and also how we are to love him. Then he gives us a second one, that we should love our neighbor, and if you continue, love our neighbor as ourselves. Now there's a third. And looking around, I said, well, there is. And this is the one that is my topic's going. So if you go with me to 1 John chapter 3, starting with verse 11. We're going to look at another commandment. 1 John chapter 3, verse 11. He reads, for this is the message that I have, that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. We should love one another. Love God, love your neighbor, and my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, we are to love one another. That's the third one. Love one another. So when he says, for this meant that you have been heard from the beginning that we should love one another. Here John reminds us, his readers, of a message that they had heard or they, that he had announced to them that they heard from the beginning. See, they've heard this before. So he talked about this in chapter 2 a little bit. But this is nothing new to the believers. And this should not be nothing new to you as fellow believers that we should love one another. Where did this come from? See, here John is directly talking to his fellow believers here. Like I'm talking to you. Like I'm, I'm assuming that everybody's their believer. If you're not a believer, we'll get to you as well. 
But as believers, we have to love one another. And he pulls this from a new commandment that Christ had given him that he talked about in John chapter 13. And let me get that. You don't have to go there. It's John chapter 13, verse 34. And it reads, excuse me. When he had gone out, Jesus said, now is the Son of Man glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now also say to you, where I'm going, you cannot come. Here it is right here. A new commandment I give to you. This is Jesus speaking. I give to you that you love one another just uh, just as I have loved you, you also are to uh, you also are to love one another. Notice Jesus called this a new commandment. He told him right before he was going to go to the cross, he, he had broken bread with his disciples and his folks, and he's reminding them, before I go, I need to remind, give you a new commandment. You have to love one another. Why is that so important? You know, he's, you know, we know we're supposed to love, you know, he tells us to love God. We understand that great man. And we are told to love neighbor, but he's telling us, I need y'all to love one another. As a family, as a fellow believers, I need you to love each other. We have to love one another. That's very important. And he goes on back to, excuse me, back to 1 John. Again, for this message that you have heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. And he also gives us an example. And he talks about Cain. But before I go there, but I want to experience, I want to show you this love, what it means. Drew, come here for a second. I used you as an example. He didn't know it. We didn't plan this. Drew, how many times have I came to you and said, what's up, my brother from another mother? Every time. Thank you. I always go through. I greet you like that. I said, what's up, brother from another mother? I give him a love. I give him a love tap. Just like that. Notice I say a brother from another mother. But I also end it, but a brother from the same father. Do you understand that? This is my brother because we share a relationship with each other through Jesus Christ who made it possible. All believers share this same bond. This is my brother right here. My brother from that made possible through the Jesus Christ that brought us into relationship together. That's the same relationship we all, thank you, Drew. That's the same relationship we all have. When I say brother from another mother, yeah, that's my mom right there, y'all. Miss Hale, that's, y'all make sure y'all say hi. That's my mother. But I do have brothers that we were born again. But to the point, we as brothers and sisters in Christ, we have a unique relationship made possible through Jesus Christ. If you're born again, we share in that love. So how many of y'all been born again? Just don't be shameless that we're all born again. You are my brothers and sisters in Christ. And we are to love each other. Drew is your brother. 
that woman right there, my mom, that's your sister. Do you see the uniqueness we share? It's not based on color of our skin or it's not based on, you know, our, our Hispanic. That don't, that don't matter to God. That's my sister right there. I may not understand everything she says. But she knows my heart. That's my sister right there. Those are my, y'all are my brothers out there and sisters out there. You see the relationship I'm talking about here? And all that relationship they have is all built in love. So we continue on. So again, hence that third commandment. So hence our third commandment, our new commandment, that love, you know, we're to love God, we are to love our neighbor, and we're to love one another, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Now, verse 12 goes on. He gives us an example after telling them we love them. He said, we should not be like Cain. <laughs> wow. Why did he use Cain? How many of y'all heard the story of Cain and Abel? I don't have to rehash it, but most of us heard the story of Cain and Abel. He said, we should not be like Cain. Remember, it was Cain who killed his brother. Did you know, and again, remember I said we started Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, God created everything, created the world, and everything was what? Good. Then we go into chapter 2. God, you know, created man in his own image, and he gave man a garden and everything else, and everything was good till the end of chapter 2. It was God's perfect design. And in chapter 3, we see where sin enters the world, and this design is just blown to pieces because of man's disobedience. Then that's where we find brokenness and sin and all that in the world. And in chapter 4, immediately what we see is the story of Cain and Abel. And the story of Cain and Abel, if, you are, if you're familiar with it, ends up with Cain murdering his who? His brother. He murdered his brother. So what do you think? What would cause a man to murder his brother? What would cause somebody to commit such, such something so bad? Brokenness. Sin. That's what caused it. It was the sin. It was brokenness that he had in him that caused him to do that. And here we see John using that example. He said, we should not be like Cain, who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. See, the one thing stated here was that Cain was, notice that say, it said Cain was of the evil one. No, we think when we think of Cain, we think, well, you know, he was the son of Adam and Eve. You know, born. But here, John says he was the, excuse me, excuse me John, again, <coughs> excuse me. John said that Cain was of the evil. And in other words, when you think of the evil, we think of the devil, right? Satan. Satan got into him. Satan, Satan convinced him. He, he used that hatred that he had for his brother and, and, and used it and made him kill. And he acted upon it, acted upon that hatred to murder his brother. So why would Cain murder Abel? The Bible said he hated his brother. He hated him. Because the Lord had regard and respect for Abel's offering, but not for his offering. That's why he did it. He felt like he was disrespected. He felt like 
He, it, he didn't matter. And he acted upon that. Instead of turning and repenting and trying to do better, he acted in anger. He acted the way the world would act. How does the world act? They act prideful. It was pride that got Cain, got to Cain, that caused him to murder his brother Abel. That's what caused So he acted upon it. So in other words, Cain's deeds were evil, and he was of the evil one. See, Cain was not right with God as he hated his brother. That was his sin. Cain's sin and him giving into the sin, which we call was murder, is an example of brokenness. See where I'm going with this, Drew, right? It's an example of brokenness. So again, we had perf God's perfect design from the beginning. You know, again, Genesis 1, Genesis 2, then we see sin entering the world where it happens, sin in the world in chapter 3, and in chapter 4, we see the form of brokenness happening in murder. Like, how did we get to this state? What happened? Sin happening. It entered the world through one man, Adam. It entered. I'm not going to leave you there. I promise I'm not going to leave you there. Now, before we move on, I want you to look at a contrast. So, this is I hope this is starting to make a little bit more sense about this brokenness. So, I want to I want to see this. How I want to put it this way. I want to compare this. I want to compare some scripture. I want to compare and contrast this moment. If you go with me to First John chapter three verse eight, just right above, it reads. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. So it's fairly plain here. So whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil. For the devil has been sinning from the beginning. Now, in contrast, go to verse 10. Same chapter. By this is evident. Who are the children of God? And who are the children of the devil? Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his, what? Brother. If you don't love your brother, you don't have God in you. Notice it says again, Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. But if you go back where he says in Cain, in, back in verse 12, he says, we should not be like Cain who was of the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own deeds were evil and his brother's deeds were what? Righteous. So you got Abel's deeds over here that were righteous. You got Cain over here who was the evil one. You see the kind of, the contrast here? about loving your brother. Verse 13, do not be surprised, brothers, that the world hates you. <laughs> to my brothers and sisters of Christ, don't be surprised. The world does hate you. Why is that? How is that? See, Cain is also an example of one who lives or loves the world. See, Cain was taken over by his pride. 
That's the way the world lives. The pride of life. Y'all heard it. The lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Y'all heard that, right? See, Cain was taken over by pride. That is of the world. And what he's saying is, don't be surprised if the world hates you because we are in contrast to what the world is. The world lives for itself, but we live for God. The world loves itself, but we love others. You see the difference? So the world is going to hate you because you're in complete contrast of what they believe and what they stand for. So don't be surprised. Again, don't be surprised, brothers and sisters, in Christ that world hates you as Cain hated his brother and murdered him. He hated his brother. That's why he murdered him. It was pride that took him. He reacted the way the world would react. So don't be surprised. Verse 14. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He does not love his brother. He who does not love his brother abides in death. It is in love we have for the brothers. This is the love we have for our brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a basic sign that we've been born again. If you love your brothers, that, that's, that's just, that lets me know that you've been born again. If I don't see that, that fruit labor of love amongst us, how do I know that you've been born again? So we have to show love for each other. Believe it or not, this example of love that we share among others, that we share against, with each other, the world's going to see. Some going to hate, but some of them may be drawn to that love. So if we're in fighting and dispute amongst each other, how can the world see love? Verse 15, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. To hate one's brother is to be called a murderer. And that's pretty, that seems pretty tough, right? For Drew to hate me, he would be called a murderer. That's, that's tough, Drew. But that's what the word saying. He, again, you notice he's wrapping the same context around that Cain aspect of it. How we are to get along. How are we to love one another? To hate one brother is to be called a murderer, and you, my fellow believers, know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. If you are a murderer, if you hate your brother, you don't have eternal life. So everybody ought to be looking at each other saying, I love you, brother. But just don't say it mean it. When I come to Drew and I hug on him, I say, brother, I love you. I mean it with all my heart. Lim, I love you with all my heart. You're my brother. I'm not going to call everybody out because I want to, I, I love all y'all. So I'm just calling because I see these folks all the time. I know them. But that's the attitude we ought to have for each other. That true love for your fellow brother. You understand? Comprende? There you go. See, I'm learning. I got a little bit going on. But yes, 
love for our brother. Now, I mentioned in my introduction there's, an, there's this answer to brokenness. I wasn't going to leave you there because I'm not. So, yes, I do have good news that is able to remove and move you out of brokenness into recovery. There is good news for you don't know. I do have that good news. And it kind of, it, it's introduced here in my last verse, verse 16. By this we know love, that he laid down his life for us. So how do we know love? Believers, that we know love because he laid down his life for us. Now, here we're talking about the work of Jesus Christ. Now, those of you that know Christ understand his love by his act of laying down his life for us. So those who know him, you understand that. I, say, I don't need to rehash because you saved, you believe it, you already understand. Now, to those who may not know Christ, I need you to pay attention here. Going back to this brokenness, looking for a way, if you're looking for a way out of this brokenness that you feel, or if, you, if you're struggling, if you're looking for a way, I have one verse for you. It's the most popular verse out there in the Bible. Anybody want to take a guess? Come on. John 3, 16. What does it say? My fellow believers, let's say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, I'm doing the old version, so whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Everlasting life. This is the key to getting you out of this brokenness. See, it was God's love for the world that he gave his only son to take your sin and my sin to the cross in order to pay the sin debt that we owed. You see, that brokenness is nothing but sin, and, and Jesus Christ took away that sin from you and me. And if you don't know Jesus Christ this morning, he has taken away your sin. You don't have to live in this brokenness. Again, he gave his life in order that we could have eternal life through him. How did he do it? Jesus took this and he took all our sin, yours, mine. And he hung, and he hung on the cross. He was nailed, he was beaten. And he took the punishment that you and I should have took it, taken. He took all that to the cross. And not only did he take it to the cross, he died. And he was, he, he was buried down. And he was laid in the tomb. For us. That sin. That sin. He took that. Your sin. My sin. He took that and he buried and he took it up on himself and it was taken to the grave with him. But guess what? He didn't stay in that grave. He didn't stay. On the third day, he what, class? He rose. He rose up. But guess what? He rose up, but he left that sin down there in the grave. So why are we carrying it? 
Why do we continue to carry this brokenness knowing that Jesus Christ left it right there in the grave? He rose up on the third day with all power in his hands. All power. Leaving our sins in the grave. He took care of that brokenness. Now, Jesus, God's son, didn't, again, he didn't remain in the grave, but God raised him from the dead on the third day with all power in his hand. And guess what? He's alive today. Y'all, y'all, I'm going to say it one more time. He is alive today. Thank you. Thank you. Because sometimes I feel like y'all don't believe it. Live the truth. Be excited about the truth. Jesus is alive today. He has taken away your sins, and we all ought to be shouting because we as believers have a right to eternal life. We do. Live it. And for those of you who don't know Jesus Christ, you can have that too. Like the song said, we didn't deserve it. We didn't deserve it. Not because we deserve it. He loved us so much that he gave his son to give us a right back to eternal life. Thirdly, so in summary, this is the good news. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, has taken away our sins, our shame, our brokenness, and is offering a new life, one of restoration back to God and to his what? Perfect design, Drew. I think I came full circle, Dream. He brought us back. He, that's the way he is bringing us back. That's what he did. He made a way out of no way. All one has to do is repent. And to repent is to turn away from your sins or our sins and believe in him. And that is Jesus Christ. have to do is believe. Then he can take that brokenness that, 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 and bro- that brokenness that you had and you believe in that message and we come all the way around to the gospel which we done explained that and we got that and we come back and we can, we can pursue God's perfect design. That's what we can do. We can be whole again. Believers, we are whole again. If you're a believer, you are whole again. You are back on the path. You can pursue God's perfect design. We know it's not perfect in this world because we know this world is a dying world. But the, and, when, and Lord God, when he comes back, Lord God, when he comes back, it will be perfect. But you don't have to wait until he comes back. You live it right now. Where are you sitting? All you have to do is trust in Jesus. So it is at this point that the healing and the pursuit of a brand new relationship with God begins. Back to God's original perfect design for man. So I go take you back to my original question. What's love got to do with it? Everything. Everything. That's the answer. 
It has everything to do with love. First of all, know this. God is love. It was love or through love that Christ came, suffered, and died for our sins. It was love that raised him from the dead on the third day. So, it is a, so love is alive today and is the reason we have hope. Hold on to that truth. And to my brothers and sisters in Christ, we are called to respond to this love that has been given to us. How are we to respond? Ready? Nothing new here. We are to love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. Can we do that? Secondly, we are to love our neighbors. Ha, 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 I got you, huh? We are to love our neighbors. Again, our neighbor is anyone whom we live or whom we have a chance to meet. And lastly, we are to love one another. That's how we respond to God's love. That's how we're to do it. For God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him, whosoever believeth in him, should not perish but have everlasting life. Thank you. Any questions? <laughs> I love y'all my brothers and sisters in Christ. Drew, thank you for this opportunity. I love you, brother. I don't know what else to say, but thank God. But before I do, because I know I have to dismiss in prayer. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to say thank you, Lord, for your son. Thank you for all you do in your many blessings, Lord, and I just want to say give you all honor and praise, Lord, and I pray that something was said through me that has helped somebody. Lord, I just want to thank you for my brothers and sisters here in Christ, Lord, that, that, we have, that something was said that would inspire them and let them know that I love each and every one of them. And that same love, Lord, that they can rip, rip, replicate or reproduce amongst each other, that we can all love one another as you called us to do, love. Because all you're asking us is just to be an example of the love that you showed us. And through this love world, that the world may see what true love is all about. And Lord, I just thank you. Thank you for this opportunity, Lord. Thank you for the songs that were shared and worshiped you, Lord. Thank you for those who came to hear your word, Lord. And thank you for those who are not even here, Lord. And my, my prayer that we could just show your love daily to those who don't know you. Lord, I thank you for all you do and your many blessings. These things ask in Jesus' name. May the church say, amen.